The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you've made it. 2021 is here. And at last, we can put all our problems in the rearview mirror and go on with our lives as if none of this ever happened. It's easy to imagine that Mary and Joseph were under a similar delusion in the midst of Jesus' infancy. They've been through enough. The 70-mile pregnancy journey, the baby in the feeding trough, visits from disreputable and smelly shepherds. But now it's time to flip the calendar, so to speak. Surely there must be better days ahead. But what does the new year have in store for the Holy Family? A maniac king killing babies, fleeing to Egypt. The hits just keep on coming. For Mary and Joseph, and probably for many of us. But in the midst of it all, a tiny reminder of God's goodness. A tiny reminder that God still has a plan after all. A mysterious star and a baby in a small village, which has suddenly become a pilgrimage destination for world travelers. And so there they are at the front door. Who did you say you were again? Magi from the East? Perhaps you've taken a wrong turn. We don't do magic and astrology around here. You may be wise men in your own country, but here, you're closer to superstitious fools than anything. And what are you carrying on your camels back there? Gifts for my baby? 
What is he supposed to do with expensive perfume and gold coins? You know those are choking hazards, right? Remember the rule. If it fits through a toilet paper tube, you can't give it to the baby Jesus. Of course, gifts don't have to be meaningful, don't have to be useful to be meaningful. They're often symbolic. Diamond earrings say, I really love you, or I really messed up. A membership in the Jelly of the Month Club says, I feel obligated to give you a gift. But what about gold and frankincense and mirth? Luxurious gifts, exotic gifts, gifts fit for a king, gifts that remind us of another ancient traveler from the East, the Queen of Sheba, who heard of Solomon's splendor and came to Judea to admire the greatest king in the world. That is, until now. But will this baby really grow up to surpass Israel's most powerful king? Gifts can sometimes be prophetic in that sense. When I first met Julie, a strange thing began happening to me on the third Sunday of June each year. I began receiving from her parents Father's Day gifts, even though I was not yet a father. As if to say, you're going to get there someday. Fatherhood is in your future, and here's a new sweater to prove it. Surprisingly, though, the gifts that Jesus receives are not prophetic like that. They are not intended to look forward to the day when Jesus will reign as king. Because according to our gospel reading, he already is king. The Magi ask, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? The baby is a king, somehow, already. Now that's an epiphany. And what kind of king is he? Well, first, he is a shepherd king. Matthew takes Micah's Bethlehem prophecy and tacks on the words of 2 Samuel 5 to emphasize that this king will not be tyrannical or oppressive or selfish. No, this is a caring king, a selfless king, one who looks after his flock. But he's also a soon-to-be-crucified king. When is the next time in Matthew's Gospel that the title, King of the Jews, is used to describe Jesus? Well, as you might guess, it's the title posted above his head as he hangs on the cross. Not where you would expect to find a king, nor, I suppose, lying in a feeding trough as a helpless baby. So at first glance, it seems like the tiny king won't stand a chance against the challenges that overwhelm the holy couple. The decree of one oppressor, Caesar, has led to the decree of another, Herod, and they're caught in the middle. And for many of us, it seems like one oppressive year, with its sickness and isolation and political bickering, is now giving way to another year filled with the same. Can a baby really make a difference in the midst of all that? Is the baby really bigger than the hits that just keep coming? Well, the story of the gospel is that he is. Just touch the hem of his robe. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. Take, eat, 
This is my body, little things that go a long way, a word more powerful than death, a touch more powerful than disease, broken bread more powerful than sin, a baby king more powerful than oppression and infanticide and COVID and politics and all those things. Now, of course, a baby like that is bound to receive mixed reviews. And in fact, Matthew's account features two opposite reactions to the tiny king. The first is that of the Jerusalem establishment. Matthew says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. If the baby Jesus is king, that means I'm not. Don't sell me short by telling me I need to prostrate myself in front of a king in a feeding trough. Surely I'm worth more than that. What kind of person would be deranged enough to bow down to a baby? And so, we come to the Magi. Superstitious, pagans, foreigners, everything is working against them. Only their reaction to the baby king is not to be troubled or offended or put off. Instead, Matthew says, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They fell down and worshipped him. They are tired and bewildered and afraid that they might be lost, just as many of us are, as we flip the calendar and get ready to do it all over again in 2021. But at the sight of the baby king, exhaustion gives way to exhilaration, and worry gives way to worship. It's the only way to make it through the chaos. Recognizing the baby king for who he truly is, a king who cares for each of us as a shepherd and who gives himself up for us as a savior. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.